Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, and radio network. What do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? A little har bow out. Is Jim Harbaugh done? Maybe. By the time you even hear or watch this podcast, he may have been reinstated as he's filed a lawsuit along with the University of Michigan to try to get reinstated, an injunction, what have you, uh, after the Big Ten lays this out pretty succinctly that regardless if he knew, if he didn't know, Michigan gained a competitive advantage. He is judge, jury, executioner for Michigan football. The buck stops there, right? So it's either Michigan football players Oh, they, they didn't know. They didn't know. Oh, okay. Well, then they can still play, but Harbaugh can't. Oh, he didn't know. He didn't know. Come on. Somebody's got to fall on the sword. So we're going to look at that, what it means for Jim Harbaugh and what it means for Michigan going forward. Also, college football playoff plan. The commissioners, power five, rest of college football. They're ready to roll. They've got their plan in place for next season. The five plus seven model, which is probably the right thing to do. There's going to be a couple flaws in it. We'll look at that, but the attributes, I think, outweigh the flaws. And for Pete's sake, as the Chicago Cubs start to climb the ladder, as a big-time potential suitor for Pete Alonzo, what it'll take to get the former Florida Gator first baseman to the Windy City. All right, so Harp on Sports, the bar, you know the drill. Podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe, at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram. Harp on Sports Auditory Route, Buzzsprout, Spotify, Apple Podcast, Harp on Sports Facebook page, Harp on Sports YouTube channel, and of course, HarpOnSports.com. Jim Harbaugh, done for at least the rest of the regular season. And, you know, this is one of these things that everybody starts pointing at integrity or this conference did it, that conference did it. I'm going to give you a couple real life scenarios where this could play out. Tell me how this would work. So, whether it's Desmond Howard, whether it's Charles Woodson, any Michigan man, quote unquote, that gets lined up with this, they all say the same thing. Everybody's doing it. Okay. I want you to think of that the next time you get pulled over going 82 and a 55. The officer goes, uh, do you know how fast you were going? Everyone was doing it. Doesn't work, does it? Everyone's doing it. Come on. Everybody cheats on their taxes. Come on. Everybody's doing it. So Michigan's defense is the after-school special that we used to have to watch in the 6th and 7th grade about boys trying to coerce girls into the sack. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it. See how ridiculous that sounds? When your defense is, you notice this, the defense is not we didn't do it, it's everyone's doing it. Well, then you're the geniuses that got caught. Everybody else, when they saw the squad car in the median decided to pump the brakes you floored it well they were going that fast too officer see doesn't fly does it and it's kind of one of those things too like at work if you show up late well so and so was late yesterday yeah but the meeting was today it was today they didn't get caught you did and i look at this and what's and it's their right to sue an injunction and again, by the time you check out this podcast, he may be coaching. He may coach a Penn State game. Lawyers step in, figure this thing out. But the Big Ten's approach on this was actually pretty brilliant. The Big Ten's approach is what? At the end of the day, as they've taken the time to do this, they come out and say, look, 
whether or not Jim Harbaugh knew or didn't know, he's in charge of this program. He reaped the benefits from this quote-unquote advanced scouting, which is cheating or copying or whatever you want to call it, isn't it? Michigan gained an advantage, so now they have to operate at a disadvantage. Jim Harbaugh goes away. Because if you play the game, well, the players didn't know. It's not their fault. Okay, the players can still play. Well, Jim didn't know. Oh, come on, gang. What? <laughs> come on. We're going to actually play this game that Jim didn't know that with the film that was used or the recordings that was used, how they gained knowledge of all these signals. Another thing that I find fascinating about this is it wouldn't have mattered anyway. They would still be undefeated. Ah, oh, come on. That's like sitting there a couple years ago. There's no doubt that the Houston Astros gained a competitive advantage with the trash cans and the strikes and the balls. You could tell me I played baseball a long time. Yeah. I still have to make contact and I still have to drive the ball. But if I know there's a fastball coming on a three, two count, Find out. Without a doubt, it's a fastball, and it's on the right plane. That removes a tenth of a second or a hundredth of a second reaction time. Then now I, okay, there's not a curveball. It's fastball. Boom. And that whole one pitch, one spot type of thing. I know it's coming. Well, if I'm seeing something, yeah, do I still have to stop the receiver? You bet. But if I know it's a screenplay, I don't have to have my defensive lineman. I can just have him stand still. Can't block. Can't get the screenplay off. Well, it wouldn't have made a difference. Of course it makes a difference. Stop this. It's the same people that you'd sit there and say, steroids don't make you a better baseball player. They'll make you a stronger one. 390-foot fly balls are now 415-foot home runs. doesn't make a difference. If they didn't make you better, why would anybody ever do it? So anyway, as I look through all of these things and dissect all of these things and analyze all of these things, Jim Harbaugh's suspension, albeit untimely, it was going to happen. The Big Ten saves face a little bit. But when you take the high road... Well, hey, 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 we're better than the SEC. Look, the SEC's prerogative. This is why, and I'm going to get to this in a second. Regardless of how this plays itself out at the end of the day, somebody at Michigan knows something, and college football coaches have complete control over their programs up until they get in trouble. Then it's somebody else's fault. Oh, by the way, this is why college football needs a commissioner. If college football has an overarching commissioner, this solves a lot of these problems, but that it then in and of itself is the problem, isn't it? Oh, how many times I've told you, I've heard athletic directors, oh my gosh, sit there ad nauseum and sit there and say, well, this commissioner may not have our best interest in mind. You're right. He shouldn't. He doesn't. And he shouldn't. You should have the sport's best interest in mind, not the individual school's best interest in mind. So I look at this and say, you know what? The Big Ten acted. Okay. If they're wrong, they get sued, they'll lose. What do I think will happen? I think Jim Harbaugh will miss the Penn State game, and then he'll be right back in the saddle. He'll miss one game. That's what I think will happen. And then this will go back and forth, and then next year things will figure themselves out, but I think he'll miss the Penn State game, and that'll be it. But you already see Michigan versus the world, us against the world. Jay, Jay McCarthy coming out and saying, bet, like, let's go. Oh, okay, Michigan's going to wear this like a backpack of doubt. Good for them. That's what I would do, too. Everybody's out to get us. Nobody believes in us. Okay. And therein lies the issue, right? The Astros came back and won a World Series after the trash can scandal. So what happens now? What if Michigan, now you have all this advanced scouting, now it's gone. Everybody knows that they probably spied, but they didn't spy. And You change your signals up, and if they still beat you, it's like a game of horse. Prove it. And that's what Michigan right now is doing. They're proving it. Or trying to prove it. We'll see what they do. We'll see what they do, but 
like the integrity of the sport. Right? Come on, there's been they took away national championships. They've taken away wins. The Fab Five had their banners taken away. This happens, you know. Reggie Bush had his Heisman taken away for crying out loud. So this happens, right? The integrity of the sport. People still forget, for some reason, and I don't know why, that this is a TV show. Sports are a TV show now. They're they're a business, but they're a show. They're a show. And whether or not they make five or six movies, sequels to original movie, like, oh, this movie ruins the franchise. No, it doesn't. You can still go back and look in Star Wars 1, um, well, New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, still stand alone. And the more bad ones they make, the better and more, I don't want to say pure, but the better the originals look. So as I look at this, if Harbaugh did it, they'll pay the price. If he didn't do it, eh. it's hard to tell me he didn't do it, though. But one way or another, the Big Ten kind of nails it with their their thought process here that, hey, look, Michigan gained an advantage. Harbaugh didn't know. Okay, well, then the players knew. Where do the players think all these scouts came from? Where do they think they get all these things? See, this is where you're caught. Well, how do the players know all these signals? The players are the ones signaling plays, somebody stealing these signals from the other team, setting up the defenses. Nobody knew. So, look, in the Big Ten came out and did this correctly. Well, the, play, the players are innocent in this. Players are innocent. The players still get to play. Because anytime sanctions come down, so it's not fair to punish the current players. Okay, but by removing their coach, you are punishing them. Then another word, then under that logic, you can do whatever you want. No, no, no problems. Big Ten handled it themselves. The NCAA kind of tiptoeing around this one. You saw a little bit here of conference. You know, when they talk about major conferences breaking away, starting their own thing, the Big Ten policed itself. They set a standard. Now we'll see if anybody else follows. So there you go. I don't think it's going to matter against Penn State. I think Michigan's going to beat them anyway. But. If Penn State does win, oh boy. Oh boy. Uh, from that to this, a little college football playoff p- plan. And I'm going to use this year, you know, Michigan is an example, but some other ones in here as well, other teams, that it looks like the 5 plus 7 model is the one the conference commissioners are, are going to agree with here and push forward. The five highest ranked conference champions and then the next seven highest ranked teams. So, look, there's still a lot of football to be played, so trying to go through, and this team could play this team, this team could play that team right now, it wouldn't necessarily work because we don't know who's going to win between Ohio State and Michigan. We don't know Alabama and Georgia, what's going to be the highest-ranked team when that's all said and done. I'll give you some scenarios in where Alabama and other teams winning their division hurt them when it comes to making the college football playoff. But the 5-plus-7 model, I think it works. It was going to be the 6-plus-6 six six model, but once the Pac-12 became dissolved, then that was it. The group of five mid-majors are going to get one bid. Who would that be right now? Is it Tulane or Air Force? I think it's Tulane right now. Tulane, Air Force, or Toledo would be that team this year. Get highest ranked. You know, you also James Madison in the future. You're going to have Liberty. Programs like that are right in the cusp or right in the discussion of this is down the stretch we come. So there, there's where we're going to be when it comes to that. And that team, I have a hard time ever seeing that team not being a 12. Do you? Yeah, I mean, the non-Power 5, group of five, is going to end up where? At the one conference, cha- well, they're going to be a conference champ and they're going to be a 12 seed. See, 5 plus 7 doesn't mean the conference champ mid-major gets the 5 seed. It just means they're in. Uh-huh. There's a little wrinkle. Boy, that would be something, wouldn't it? Could you imagine Toledo hosting Texas? Could you imagine for what Tulane hosting Oregon? That's not going to happen, though. Too much money at stake. But nonetheless, the 5 plus 7, now there's flaws in it. And I'll point to a couple right now with this 5 plus 7 model. The biggest flaw I see in it is you're going to punish teams 
for succeeding in the regular season and losing in their conference championship. Here are some examples. Louisville losing is 11-1. Louisville loses to Florida State at the end of the year. They're probably going to drop out of the top 12, right? They'll be in the top 12, play in the conference championship, lose and be out. Meanwhile, the Ohio State-Michigan winner doesn't get to go to the conference championship. The Ohio State-Michigan winner at the end of the year, both are undefeated. The winner gets to go to the conference championship game. The loser's in. Loser's in. Because here's where it gets tricky. Let's say the Ohio State-Michigan winner goes to the conference championship game. Let's say they, they turn around and they lose to Iowa. Well, Iowa's going because they're a ranked conference champion. Does that mean the one loss Ohio State's out? Okay, fine. Michigan loss goes. Oh, Seth, they're fine. All right. Well, how about this case scenario for you? Alabama holds a tiebreaker over Ole Miss. Alabama goes to the SEC championship game. Georgia beats them. Now they've got two losses. Ole Miss moves up in the poll, sitting there at 11-1. and one. Ole Miss benefits by losing to Alabama in the regular season and not having to play Georgia. Now, that's not going to be the case because, of course, Ole Miss plays Georgia, and that's going to take care of itself. But there are scenarios that start to line themselves up. Oregon would be better off not playing Washington in the Pac-12 championship game. They'd be better off not getting there with one loss and just sitting out, hanging out, and being the eighth or ninth seed. Now you can sit there and say, well, you go to the conference championship, you could win, and then you could earn a bye. Of course you could. Of course you could. But the teams are going to benefit are the ones sitting at home. And you know how you're going to see this? Watch what happens with Notre Dame. Grew up a Notre Dame fan, but there is such an unfair advantage for Notre Dame in all of this. Notre Dame, in this scenario, I know they just lost to Clemson, but let's say they'd have beaten Clemson last week and finished 10-2. and They don't play in a conference championship game. So Notre Dame sit there at the end of the year ranked 12th. Do, 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 do. and his team start to lose their conference championship game. Let's say Oregon loses to Washington. Oregon falls behind Notre Dame. Notre Dame's in. We didn't play. Are they going to protect teams that lose in their conference championship game? Of course they're not. And in, on the unlikely scenario, Penn State, Ohio State, and Michigan all finish with one loss. Because it could happen, right? Penn State could beat Michigan. And then Michigan can turn around and beat Ohio State. Say Penn State ends up in the Big Ten championship game and loses. Say 11-1 Penn State loses to 10-2 Iowa. Well, then Penn State's out and Michigan-Ohio State, one of those two teams go? Well, Michigan go, Ohio State's out, and Iowa goes. Penn State punished for going to their conference championship game and losing. That's that's the one thing that I see with the 5-plus-7 model that's going to sting, that's going to hurt. Going to a conference championship and game and losing and being punished. But there's some cool things that can occur, too. Again, I, you don't put you can't use the top 12 right now as a scenario. Um, but if you did, right now you'd have what? You'd have Texas at Penn State. Boy, that'd be a little interesting, wouldn't it? Texas playing in Happy Valley, 34-degree weather in December. Alabama loses to Georgia. Alabama's going to be right there around 9, 10, maybe 11. Could you imagine Alabama at the end of the year at sixth-ranked Ohio State watching Alabama play in Columbus? See, those for the longest time, and again, I'm guilty of this because I'm a Midwest kid grown up. Coming down and playing in SEC land in beautiful warm weather, get worked during bowl season. Teams get worked. It's going to be interesting to see what happens once warm weather teams have to come to the cold. Because it's six one half dozen another, right? Big 10 teams are built for that type of weather because half the games are played in 50 degree or below weather. Well, we're not built for that. Oh, okay. Same thing in the NFL when you get dome teams outside. Look at them the Dolphins when they have to go into cold weather. It worked. It's like, like being Green Bay, Kansas City, and Baltimore. It, that's why like the Ravens and the Chiefs aren't afraid of teams like the Dolphins or any warm weather team coming to take them on. We're good. We're good. See, I, I, you know, as a Chiefs fan, I can sit there and tell you, if the Chiefs are in the postseason, the Jags could be 13-4. and four, And I'd be more scared of the 11-6 and six Bengals. 
because of the weather that they play in. So there's that. All right. So so it looks like we're with the five plus seven model, and I'm um, okay. I'm I'm good with it. It's a good start. It'll get tweaked. It'll get tweaked along the way, but it's a good start. Want to wrap with this uh, for Pete's sake, Pete Alonzo, Sports Illustrated with the story that the oh my gosh, New York Mets listening to potential offers on Pete Alonzo, but also trying to work a, a deal out with him. And what do I think? I, I think Pete's going to want forty million a year over eight years. Eight three twenty do it for Pete. I, I is that enough? Eight three twenty for a guy that's going to do what? On average, Pete's going to Pete's going to give you over the course of the eight X years. On average, I think Pete's going to give you anywhere between thirty five and forty home runs and one hundred and ten RBI a year. On average, well, he's going to hit fifty. Uh, uh, okay, but there's some years he's not going to. So I think Pete's a forty one ten guy at least for the next five or six years. He's a forty one ten guy. Going to hit probably two twenty five. He's going to be maybe a slightly better version. He's not going to strike out as much as Kyle Schwarber. He's going to hit thirty points higher than he's going to hit thirty to thirty five points higher than Kyle Schwarber is what he's going to do. See, the Cubs already had Pete Alonzo when they had Kyle Schwarber. So, do you worth $40 million a year? Don't know. But that's what he's going to ask for. Otani's going to ask for 50 So, you know, even if you say, Pete, you're not going to get that. Oh, okay, what's Pete going to get? Huh? Eight years, $35 million a pop. So, eight two eighty, eight two eighty, going to get it done for Pete? At least. Pete's going to get at least eight two eighty, At least eight two eighty. So, what's it going to cost the Cubs? And I went through and looked at this. From the Mets' perspective... Now, Pete Alonzo in Chicago with the Cubs would be fantastic. I know the Wells are 353. The Cubs have some of the deepest foul poles in baseball. 353 down the line. Most are 333, 340 in some cases. But the Cubs are 353 because of the Wells. But Pete Alonzo is going to feast at Wrigley. I expect, you know, Pete could hit 50. If Pete signs for the Cubs for eight years, he could hit 50 home runs three times over that stretch. He's going to feast at that place. He just is. So I look at Pete Alonzo at Wrigley. He could be a monster. It gives him a big name. It gets him a big bopper. Been a while since the Cubs had just a big monstrous bopper there. So I looked and what do you want if you're the Mets? Well, he's in the last year of his contract. You're not going to get six prospects. There's three guys out there the Mets I would ask for. Uh, the first guy is Cade Horton, right-handed pitcher. Uh, he was their first-round pick, the Cubs' first-round pick in 2022. So last year, uh, he's at Double A, Tennessee. Was he four and four this year? Uh, a three, uh, right around a three ERA. So I, I'd, I'd ask for Cade Horton the Cubs' number one pitching prospect. I'd also ask um, for Owen Casey, outfielder. He's one of the Cubs' top outfield prospects. Owen Casey, last year at AA, hit two eighty nine and hit 22 home runs. So I would I would ask for the Cubs' top pitching prospect, Kate Horton, and then Owen Casey, one of their top outfield prospects. 289, 22, and 84 at AA. And I'd actually ask for a third as well. And the third one, is it Matt Mervis? Matt Mervis the Cubs' base, best first base prospect. i got to replace Pete Alonzo. And he's at he's at AAA, right? Matt Mervis, 22 home runs, 78 RBI last year. What'd he hit? 250-ish? So, if I'm the Mets, Pete Alonzo to the Cubs, in return, Cade Horton, top pitching prospect to the Cubs. He's at AA, first-round pick last year. Owen Casey, Cubs' top outfielding prospect. He hit 289 at AA, 22 home runs, 84 RBI. And then Matt Mervis, first baseman at AAA. Was he 24, 20, 25 years old? 22 home runs, 78 RBI, hit 259 last year. So immediately, Mervis can come in and play first base. Is he going to do 22 and 78? No, probably 15, 65. Two. So, okay, we got some home runs there. Got a top prospect and I got a pitcher. 
That's how you rebuild it if you're the Mets. Now, would the Cubs do it for those three guys? Don't know. Maybe that's too much of a price tag. But for a guy that's going to hit me 45, 50 home runs a year for the next six, seven years. Now, the, the, the crux of this is Cubs are going to look at the Mets and go, yeah, and we have to pay him. So you're not going to get it because we have to sign him. It's not like we can control him three years. We've got we to get a deal worked out beforehand before we make this deal. You don't want to wa- Cubs, you don't do this unless you get him to sign a long-term deal like now. You have to talk to Pete Alonzo and say, look, we'll make this trade, but you're going to sign eight years, 300. We're not going to play this game once you get here. We're not going to Juan Soto this thing. So we'll see. Is it worth that if you're the Cubs? Is it worth giving up your... your look, any deal's going to have Kate Horton in it. I'm telling you right now. The Mets aren't going to do this without getting a stud pitching prospect in return. They've lost Jake DeGrom. They've lost, you know, they traded away Max Scherzer. They traded away Justin Verlander. And they got a pretty decent out. They got a pretty decent outfield prospect from the Astros. Their top outfield prospect came back. So if, if you're if you're the Mets and you can get Cade Horton like Owen Casey, now you've got two top outfield prospects coming back your way, and you got the Cubs top, you then then you've got a rebuild going on. For Pete's sake, what's the best thing? The Mets have just done a terrible job of marketing Pete Alonzo. Terrible job. Here in New York City, I mean, the fact that he's hit more home runs than Aaron Judge. Aaron Judge had the monster season, but Pete Alonzo's hit more home runs than anybody else in baseball the last four years. Just gets lost in the shuffle in New York. Polar bear. It's being cold weather anyway, right? Huh? I'm allowed one. Come on, I'm allowed one per podcast. So there you go. For Pete's sake, Chicago, I think it's a good fit. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe. Harp on Sports, at Harp on Sports Twitter, at Harp on Sports Instagram. Check it out. Harp on Sports auditory route. You can check us out on Buzzsprout, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts under Harp on Sports, the bar. Harp on Sports, the Facebook page, of course. Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, the bar. And, of course, HarpOnSports.com. And remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.